Thanks for checking out the Eat Local Central New York podcast. My name is Anthony Tringale, and in today's episode, episode three, we're sitting down with the owner and creator of Farm to Fork 101, Mark Palu. And these kids were so like, whoa, <laughs> what is that? What are those? You know, and it was like, I was like, oh my God, people don't know how to make a quesadilla. Like it's, yeah. it's pretty simple. I mean, mm. you know. And I just made it with, like, fresh ingredients from a CSA box as opposed mm. to, like, you know, out of the bag. For those of you who don't know who Mark is or what Farm to Fork 101 is, you need to go follow them on social media. Check out their website. Mark is somebody who's doing so much work to be able to connect customers with farms and to the restaurant scene. He's all about local as much as possible, whatever possible. I mean, the guy is so local that he even wears a hat that says local on it. Every month they're doing different uh, events at local restaurants where they're bringing in those local farms where Mark's sourcing the ingredients for these events from most of it from the regional market and from any farm that he can get it at. If you're into that local scene here in Syracuse, Central New York, uh, which I hope that you are, then you need to be following Mark and what he's doing. Yeah, We met each other through the ACF. Which is weird. I met a lot of people through the ACF, and I don't really do much with the ACF anymore. What is the ACF? Uh, the American Culinary Federation. Okay. Um, but it's just a bunch of chefs from... Hmm. They have chapters all over the country, but the one here is like Cortland, Ithaca, uh, Syracuse. Hmm. And there's another chapter in Rochester, but it's all like connected, intertwined, but hmm. for the most part, it's just kind of uh, here. They usually hold meetings up at OCC. Okay. Um, but you come together... Yeah. You learn a whole bunch of stuff, talk about some different events that they have planned mm-hmm. to raise money, um, and then uh, you you learn at the end. So you get they do like master plating, which is kind of crazy how intricate it is. So they have like the guy came out, and I, I don't know the guy's name, but and he got in there and he's got like tweezers and like making this, and he's like, you know, the first time you go out there, you have to sit, you go out and you have to bring it out to all these judges, but you have nowhere to really, like, do stuff. So you have to, like, because it's all remote. Mm. So you have to yeah. sit there and make it in your hotel room and then bring it and, like, put <laughs> it in, like, a box. And it has to be perfect. And, Jeez. like, you know, and they're looking at you as, like, like your your knife skills. Like, that's not a quarter inch. That needs to be one quarter inch. Wow. Like, <laughs> I'm like Jesus. Yeah, that's nuts. That is not what I want to do ever. <laughs> <laughs> Does this look good? This one's three inches. This one's one inch. But you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. I mean, I think I'd like to be better at it. But you know, this morning for breakfast, I'm still. I consider it a little douchey. Uh, but I think it's just the lay of the land for running an Instagram account that's food based. Yeah. So this morning, I have been on this for some reason white rice and egg kick lately yeah and i don't know why but <laughs> i don't know either yeah <laughs> why you either get rice or you get <laughs> eggs i don't ever put them together so. really fried I rice know. yeah i guess, i mean i guess pork fried rice yeah. yeah but yeah no so i'm just breakfast i guess i don't know i yeah. know but i did it for breakfast we've been having it like we've been having chicken and rice with and I, with for dinner for like past couple days and I put an fried egg on top of mine. I don't know why. It tastes good. I mean, I don't even know why I think that's weird, but uh, I mean, because I eat a lot of weird stuff, so. <laughs> yeah. But this morning, I'm sitting there, like, 
thinking, what could I put on top of this to make it taste better for breakfast? So we wound up taking those, you know, little red and yellow peppers and sliced those up. And then I put a carrot on there because I wanted some vegetables. And, you know, Rebecca's a dietitian, so I know that she has to have vegetables or well, she won't eat the it. The carrots are delicious, though, at the market right now. These were uh, bagged. They were organic from Wegmans. So I got to get something there for... <laughs> Uh, but anyways, but yeah, I'm like slicing this, these peppers thinking I need to keep it so uniform. So it'll look great in this picture and they're all over the place. I don't know what I'm doing in a kitchen. No, I mean, I've been in a kitchen for a long time Well, in a restaurant, not really a kitchen, but, and I still don't know what I'm doing. So, so what made you not go into the kitchen? Was there ever, did you ever have like a desire to be a cook or a chef or anything like that? Uh, I mean, I was in the kitchen, um, okay. but I was as a line cook, you know, yeah. I, I was never classically trained anywhere. I never really took any classes of any sort. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of learn as you go. Uh, you know, these chefs have a lot of techniques that I don't even know what they are. I learn, I still learn every day, you know, mm. um, I go and hang out with, uh, Cody or Kyle or, well, it used to be like Deanna and Mark and Jason too, but they're yeah. they're too far away to go and hang out for uh, <laughs> for a tiny little bit. Yeah, but uh, you know, you go in and watch them, and you ask questions, and like that's how you, that's how you learn. But um, but I was a a line cook at like these corporate places, like hmm. Tully's, Bennigan's when it was around, and yeah. Fridays, um, which you know Fridays is. That's an awful place. <laughs> yeah, I worked there for six months, and it was. Uh, I went through their management training program and uh-huh. and learned the whole entire menu, hmm. like you know, damn, and uh, learned how to cut open a bag and warm it up. <laughs> it really, I'm really good at it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I mean, but you don't learn any like you know the techniques there, but that's, yeah, you know, but. Uh, I mean, so I mean, I I cooked on there, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Making steaks and burgers and frying tenders and, you know, the very basic, basic stuff that you can do anywhere. All right. Um, but, you know, learning the different sauces, how to make it. Yeah. You know, that's what, just stuff I learned on my own. What made you get into the service side of it? And especially like the education side of it. To get into the service side, you know, it was... It was very easy to move around, I guess, as mm-hmm. far as, uh, you know, with the service side. And I like to be around people and talking and, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, not that you can't be in the kitchen and talking to all your friends and stuff like that, but I like to meet new people too. So mm-hmm. I got put out in the front and, you know, I started off as like a bus boy and a host mm-hmm. and then I went to cook and then I came back out and did more busing and and waiting tables and then I went back cooking and I kind of just did all of it and then it just seemed to at the time it was uh more profitable to be out in the front yeah um and it was easier to move from place to place and you know and once you start in the waiting tables uh and you're somewhat good at it which I feel that I'm somewhat good at it <laughs> after 25 years I'm, I'm somewhat good at it um but as you uh move around and do these different things like you start to if you're if you're good at it they want you out front so Mm -hmm. you know if you have the personality for it um and then i started moving up and went into management and Hmm. so yeah so once i once i went out front they kind of kept me out there so for those of you who are listening don't know mark is over at francesca's cucina uh yeah i'm there a couple days a week 
And when you go out to dinner or lunch or wherever, there's certain things about service you're noticing more so because you've been doing it for so long. Like, are there things that just drive you crazy that you see another server or somebody do? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, there there are, but, you know, you understand that <laughs> at one point in time I was there as well. <laughs> so, you know, there's a lot of young people out there and yeah, it's a different culture than what I was when I was their age. So yeah, a lot more cell phone usage. Yeah, for sure. Uh huh. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, I went to a restaurant or Rebecca and I went to a restaurant, uh, two weeks ago and gorgeous, gorgeous place. Uh, you walk in there and you expect it to be, you know, like when you walk into Defi, you kind of just ex- have this ex- expectation. It's going to be something great. Yeah. And it always is. This restaurant we went to, same expectation, just from the layout, design, everything with it. The service was just awful. Not just slow or anything like that. It just, it didn't live up to the expectation. But, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. that service is, you know, that you have to, you have to have both. Yeah. Um, the food can, can save a table or whatever mm-hmm. you want to save, like the restaurant. Yeah. Um, but if for some reason you have like an off day as like a, a chef, like a good server can save that food, you yeah. know, if you have a bad server that can't save the food, then, you know, you got to like, hmm. cause I mean, these guys are all professional chefs. Yeah. Their food is good. 98% of the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But for that 2%, you need that server that, that can, you know, really <laughs> tackle it or whatever you want yeah. to call it and, and save it. Yeah. Um, so that's what I'm good at is bullshitting, saving people. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I'm just that is I'm amazing. just kidding. Uh, no, but I mean, you learn things over the years that like, you know, what works and what doesn't as far as, you know, talking with a table, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you know how not to tick off a table. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've ticked off many tables, but yeah. the majority mm-hmm. of them are, I have not. So, you yeah. know, and the majority of them, uh, not the majority, but I'd say at least half come in just to see me, you know, which is, uh, really great. Yeah. What do you think is the hardest position in a restaurant? The hardest position? Yeah. I mean, if we're talking anything from, not from the owner's perspective, but if we're talking from the chef, the dishwasher, the busser, the front of house manager, bartender, server. I mean, I don't think anything is harder than another. Uh, what is more needed than another? Mm -hmm. I think the dishwashing position is the most needed yeah. Out of everything. Because if you don't have clean plates, then you can't put out food. Yeah. So, you know, hmm. um, you know, from stress levels all over the place, but in a busy restaurant, I feel bad for sometimes for those young kids that host because, mm-hmm. you know, the so people that come in and they're angry to when they come off the street mm-hmm. and they just ream out a hostess that's like 16 years old. And I always feel bad for those kids that like... Hmm. I can't believe they have to deal with this. And I can't believe that people come in and just like, you want to yell at a 12 year old, you know? Yeah. It's, it's funny how each position does kind of is, I mean, obviously each position is necessary, but it's amazing how each one sets a different tone. Yeah. I was at a restaurant for a brunch on uh, last Sunday and it was the first time they were ever doing uh, this brunch. They had never <laughs> done even breakfast before. So they weren't ready for it. They weren't like, didn't know what to expect. And there's no waiting area. So when they opened up at 10, the restaurant was full. Not a seat was open. So they're really good at marketing. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) 
And they had 300 people there in a four-hour time frame for brunch. That's ridiculous. Having never done it before. But they had no system in place to handle people who were being turned away or who had to wait. So there was only like standing room for maybe three or four people to even stand there and wait for a table, but they were working at like 30, 45 minute wait times. And (laughs) just like you were saying, I felt bad. I was standing there uh, helping out and I felt bad for the waitress who became the hostess because people are walking in and it's freezing out last Sunday and they're saying, yeah, we came in for two for you know, brunch, great, it's going to be 45 minutes. And they were getting very upset, and she had no idea how to handle it. Yeah, I mean, sometimes, I don't know if you can really, I mean, obviously you have to learn it, but, you know, where do you learn that? You yeah. know, I'm I'm really good at handling people, you know, that are upset. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I worked in some bad restaurants, so, you know <laughs> what I mean? You learn some things that way. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's tough because, you know, in this day and age, the guest always wants something mm-hmm. for nothing, you know? I mean, the majority of the time, you know, they come in, you know, you can see who these people are, and mm-hmm. they come in and they're just angry, and then you can't fix them. But for the most part, like, I, I do pretty well at, mm-hmm. at diverting their attention. <laughs> Look at the shiny thing over there. You're going <laughs> to love it. So That's awesome. A friend of mine always wanted to... Do you remember that hotel over on Old Liverpool Road? Um, the Le Moyne Manor or yeah, whatever? Yeah. Yeah. A friend of mine always wanted uh, to... I shouldn't say always, for about th- th- two years, wanted to buy it and turn it into like a culinary training center for cooks, waiters, dishwasher, like every position. I mean, the need's out there. I mean, uh, the need, the want, mm-hmm. everything's there, so... You know, yeah. If I had a million dollars, I'd try it out. <laughs> yeah, right. Or I mean, a million—that's probably undercutting it. Yeah, that's probably way <laughs> undercutting it. Uh, so I mean, let's get back to. Cause I'm really interested in your perspective on the food scene, but I'm. It's. I think it's really interesting that you just took a different route. You know, I mean, obviously you're at Francesca's, but you're doing the food education, but with no background. I mean, it's not like you're approaching it from like the like a dietitian where you're just trying to get people to eat healthier food or anything like that. Yeah. You're trying to educate the community about local farms, about local chefs, what thing you know, what people are doing. I mean, what made you go in that direction with it? Uh the education aspect of it, you know, I'm I've always been one to like want to teach. Um, you know, I've always been one that wants to learn too. Uh, so it kind of like goes hand in hand and I think, you know, and, and I don't know if this is true or not, but I think part of the reason why I'd, I want to teach people is cause I also want to learn from the people that are teaching, you mm. know, cause I, yeah, I feel that if you're not learning, then, you know, what are you doing? So it's always, you know, asking questions and that kind of stuff. But, um, I mean, why I got into it, I mean, I was up at SU and took a class up there and it was called farm to fork and it was probably like. 310 or something like that I don't know but it was in food studies up at SU hmm. and I took the class and we visited all these different places and and saw this and on the like one of the very first days they wanted to see our skill set in the kitchen and it was uh Bill Collins the, the old uh not the old <laughs> you probably hurt me if I said that but <laughs> this guy that used to own BC um and then Mary Kiernan was the other uh 
professor or whatever chef professor and you know mm-hmm. they wanted to see what our skill set was and it's not a cooking class it's more about the csas and the farmer side and evan mm-hmm. evan weissman did that side of it but it all came together but when the chefs came in you know i've known mary mary for a little bit so like it was easy for me to like mm-hmm. talk and chat with her and they wanted to see our skill sets and they uh you know everybody there is like boiling water for pasta and <laughs> like you know you know, cooking some fresh vegetables and some oil on a pan or whatever else. And I made a quesadilla, which is a very simple thing. And these kids were so like, whoa, <laughs> what is that? What are those? You know, and it was like, I was like, oh, my God, people don't know how to make a quesadilla. Like, it's, yeah, it's pretty simple. I mean, mm. you know, and I just made it with like fresh ingredients from a CSA box as opposed mm. to like, you know, out of the bag. And it was, you know, I didn't know what to expect and I didn't want to go all out, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know what this class is all about. So if it's a b- based on like what you know how to cook, then like I'm going to go with what I know. <laughs> Quesadilla is pretty easy. Yeah. You can learn that at Fridays. I'll tell you. <laughs> um, sorry, I don't mean to bash Fridays. I hope that, you know, yeah, I get them to sponsor you. You're wearing anything. a hat that says local. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you kind of have to. Yeah. Right. Um, no, I mean, uh, you know, that's another thing, too, is, like, you can't really, like, ridicule people that go to those restaurants because yeah. a lot of people just don't know better, you yeah. know, or haven't tasted other foods. So, but anyways, uh, why I like the education aspect of it is because I think there's this, a huge disconnect there. Um, people don't know how to get the fresh food. They only know about, um, you know, Walmarts and Targets and Wegmans, you know, mm-hmm. although Wegmans does a really good job of local food, yeah. so, but they also do a really good job of international food and yeah. places from el- elsewhere. Um, but yeah, I mean, just seeing, uh, they, just seeing people not realize how to find the food from around here, mm-hmm. but also, you know, what to do with it once you have it. So a lot of people won't go down to, you know, even in, Wegmans or whatever else, they won't go in there and buy something that they don't know anything about. Right. You know, so this was a way to like kind of teach people about the local food scene hmm. and teach people how to cook with what's available around you. you yeah. Know? I mean, I didn't like Brussels sprouts and asparagus forever, but I think it's just because I didn't know how to cook them. So, hmm. <laughs> or yeah. cook them properly, you know? Yeah, right. So, and now I love them, which is <laughs> <laughs> weird because my mom would be very proud. <laughs> Yeah, I think, I mean, I still know very little about the local food scene when it comes to growers and farmers and all that stuff. I mean, I'm still learning too, you know. I went to a conference not too long ago, the NOFA conference, Mm -hmm. which is uh, Northeast Organic Farming Association of New York. Mm -hmm. And they're um, a nonprofit organization that, that connects all the farmers and connects people that are in the farming world. And, Mm -hmm. uh, I met a few people that are part of that and um, they invited me to come, you know, when they say invite, they say, pay some money to come to this conference. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I, I did it and uh, you know, I thoroughly thought, you know, I I should pay more to even go to this because I learned so much, you know, it's three days. They have all these different, I mean, whatever you're into. So if you're into like food access or if you're into like, um, they had like cooking demos and they had, you know, all this food donated for like meal plans and whatever mm. else. Uh, but you can learn about, 
you know, the health aspect of it, what non-for-profits are doing around. You listen to speakers that are, like, working with, you know, black and Latino farming. That was, like, the uh, the keynote speaker. Hmm. Um, I forget her name, uh, but she, she's down in Long Island area, I think. And they just talked about how the struggle of, like, you know, hmm. the inner city and why they don't come out and do more farming hmm. and why they get out there and they farm because it's like therapeutic to them. So, but I mean, besides all that stuff, I mean, it was just really cool to like learn all these different things. So even me learning about seeds and yeah, you know, what's growing and where things are and you know, what other farmers are doing around hmm. New York state. And it's not even New York state farmers that there was farmers from, Maine and Massachusetts and Vermont that came to this. And mm. I guess there's a NOFA in Vermont or Massachusetts too. So they kind of like come see what they're doing and then kind of bring it back to what, what they're doing. So, you know, can you list, uh, I mean, what's a restaurant around here? Uh, or are there any that are really putting a high focus on local growers and farmers and, Everything uh, like producers. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it earlier. I mean, I talk with Defee all the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, I talk with the chef and the cook. Mm-hmm. You know, they're doing great things out there in Baldwinsville, and they're huge focus on the farm to table. Uh, I know Rich, when he opens, will try to be, I think he said 86% Wow. is going to be local. That's all. Holy cow. Yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty cool. Uh, I mean... I'm sure there's other people, but I mean, all the restaurants I've gone to do a little bit of local now, yeah. you know, if they didn't before, I mean, hmm. you know, they, they're trying it. I know yeah. the fish fire is doing it regionally, you know, they get, yeah. they're getting all their stuff sustainably through a fish farmer, uh, a fish farm in Maine. Yeah. Um, I mean, Francesca's, I mean, I go to the farmer's market on Saturdays in the summertime and bring them fresh fruit to put in all the desserts. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I go out and like, it's pretty cool just to do it that way. So, hmm. uh, but I mean, they work with, you know, the mushroom guy that comes in now, um, not through the fun guy, uh, but the other guy that's down the market. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why I can't think of these people's names right now, but <laughs> <laughs> put me on the spot. I can't do There's it. There's a lot, man. Yeah. I mean, holy cow, your Rolodex of local farmers and, you know, I mean, you're, you know, you have a lot of people that you're working with. Yeah. No, it's organization. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which I'm still learning. So <laughs> learning is key. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, there's, there's so many restaurants. I know Amano is doing uh, mm-hmm. great things with the local uh, food scene. Uh, if, if we can, let's talk a little bit about like the difference in, for central New York, the difference in some of the scenes like Ithaca, Syracuse, places like that. I mean, I know you stay a lot in Syracuse, but you've been out to like Ithaca more than a few times. And oh yeah, I mean, if you go back to college days, we had some friends that were in fraternities down there that hung out, and I would go and visit them all the time. Yeah. So what's I mean, delinquent days, (laughs) (laughs) which ended yesterday. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, I mean, uh, going down there, and I didn't understand Ithaca back then. Mm -hmm. You know what it was about. You know, we always go to like uh, short stop, I think it was, and get the the sandwiches, and they <laughs> were delicious, by the way. Um, but yeah, I mean, since then you keep going back down there, and I visited the farms that have been down there. Mm-hmm. You know, 
Allen and Bobcat from Main Street are down in like Cortland, but they also have one that's just outside of Ithaca too. Okay. And it's funny. Their farm overlooks the Walmart. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. It like sits on top of the hill and like Walmart's down below. I'm like, you're like, oh, Jesus. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, they're down that way. Um, you know, it's cool to see like Cornell when you drive by and see mm-hmm. all their greenhouses that are out there and they're doing some crazy stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Cultivera, I've been there many times. Well, I say many, but at least four. Mm-hmm. Um, they are a true farm-to-table restaurant, and they're a teaching facility too down there. Mm. That's it was so cool to get a tour. Every time I go down, I bring someone different. So I've had the, I've had the tour there four times, and <laughs> and every time I learn something new. So, but it's cool, and like you know, meeting all these people. You know, I try to get them to come back to Syracuse and do stuff here. So we go there and you know, fool around and you know, eat their food and mm-hmm. talk with the chefs and get to know them and that kind of stuff. And then I ask them to come up and I don't have a physical place for you to come visit me unless you want to come to my house. And, <laughs> you know, as much food as I, as I'm involved in, there's not much in my house. So, you know, uh, but I'm never there. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, no, they come up and like, you know, we do, you know, cooking contests and like last year we had Chobani cooking competition yeah. at the, uh, at the Onondaga Lake Cup Fest or Cup Lake Fest. I don't mm-hmm. know if I said that backwards, but uh, but having them come up and compete in it, Cultivar, I mean, they did all right. You did know, they? there was, I think there was eight people. Uh, I mm. think they made it into like fifth or fourth or something. So, wow. you know, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just building a community and you have, to, I think that you have to go elsewhere to learn a little bit about what other people do because not everything happens in Syracuse and, you know, we're slower to getting to where other places are. Yeah. I mean, speaking for myself, I'm in a bubble of my own, you know, what I know about the culinary scene for central New York. And most of it is within a 30 mile radius of Syracuse. Yeah. And, uh, I think I was talking to Cody about it to think of the, the talent that is in place like the finger lakes and out in Geneva yeah, I was just thinking about that. And even down in Ithaca. Obviously, I think the people in those places probably, uh, hopefully, uh, embrace what they have. But I know at least from my own, you know, my own speaking, I, I don't really, I'm not aware of what's happening out in those places. And, I mean, the Finger Lakes are a major destination for the culinary world. I know Cody was talking about how he's appealed to the Michelin board trying to get the area to be considered for in the future for Michelin ratings and reviews because of primarily what we have at the Finger Lakes. Oh, it's such a major attraction to the central New York region. Yeah, there's just this massive world out there. We don't really get to a whole hell of a lot. Yeah, I I mean, there's a lot of great things happening in Geneva and even in Rochester too, so, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. I did not know that Cody was trying to do that. Yeah. And <laughs> Put yeah. some more pressure on, on himself, you know. <laughs> I think he handles pressure well, though. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's so much going on out there, too. And if you think about, like, the food scene of restaurants, there's so much in Geneva. But even the farm world, Rochester is well ahead of Syracuse. I mean, mm-hmm. they have this great food hub out there, Good Food Collective. Hmm. I think they used to be called Headwater Food Hub. Okay. But there's these people that, that are there that are just beyond their time with, you know, they're young. Yeah. I mean, like. I say young, but, you know, in mid-20s, you know, that are just hmm. 
just killing it. And, uh, you know, they're bringing in fresh carrots and fresh vegetables and they're giving mm. them out to the schools out there. And wow. like, it's like farm to school type of stuff. That's and, awesome. You know, I think that's really where the the farm scene needs to go anyways. So if you start getting kids to think that way and learn it at an early age, then mm-hmm. when they grow older, they're not going to just want a Pop-Tart, which <laughs> maybe they'll know how to make a quesadilla before uh, <laughs> age 22. What's your hope for the future of Syracuse for the culinary scene? My hope for the future? Yeah. <laughs> just to keep growing, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, if I had it my way, I'd get a, get rid of all like the, the corporate restaurants and mm-hmm. like, you know, but if you get rid of the corporate restaurants, then, you know, maybe I wouldn't be here right now talking to you. So the, everybody, everything serves their purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as much as I dislike the mall, the mall is great to get people into Syracuse. Um, although I go there maybe like once a year, <laughs> Christmas time for like two hours to like, get everything because it's too cold to go anywhere else <laughs> i just got invited to the that 110 restaurant that opened up um yeah i've heard about it people at work talk about it so they just sent us a gift card to go there and said you know let us know uh when we're gonna go out i think i'm gonna go i mean there's still chains you know, like core i can i mean that's a chain yeah started out with one but now it's not we eat there from time to time. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I don't, I don't not eat at chain restaurants. I mean, <laughs> I just choose not to, the majority of the time. Right. You know, I eat at Core, and talk about Tully's, man. Tully's yeah. tenders. I don't know what it is about Tully's tenders, but I love them. Can we consider? I know Tully's is huge, but can can you consider it a local company since it started here? Yeah, I mean, okay. I know all those guys: John Paul and yeah. David and Mia, John Senior. I, <laughs> I have no shames in talking about Tully's. I mean, that's my humble beginnings anyways. Yeah. Yours is Tully's. Mine was Denny's. I worked, uh, I worked as a third shift cook when I was 19 years old at Denny's. My actually first restaurant that I ever worked in was uh, called Top of the Hill. Okay. Uh, in Cabillas. And it was at the top of the top of a hill. So um, <laughs> it was really great. And uh, I met Alec Baldwin there when I was doing, I was washing dishes and preparing, um, little desserts well i wasn't really preparing desserts i was cutting a cake and putting on a plate (laughs) yeah it was i'm very good at it by the way yeah um (laughs) but yeah i mean i was i think like 15 years old or 14 years old yeah and uh yeah just and it was whatever but i got to meet alec ball and his uh nieces i think went to high school where i was at that's pretty yeah yeah huh so tell us a little bit about the farm to fork events. I mean, you started that what? They're three? great. Everyone should go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you started them what? Three years ago. Three and a half. July thirteenth of two thousand fifteen. And I feel, I mean, as they should, especially recently. I, I feel like I'm seeing them everywhere. I feel like it's just blowing up on social, especially. Uh, so tell us a little bit about them. Like, what are they? Um, they're great. Everyone should go. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, Farm to Fork 101, it's a uh, sustainable culinary experience. Uh, it's really a way to connect the local farmers, the chefs, and the consumers mm-hmm. uh, in different ways. Um, you know, what they really are is you sit down and you eat some really delicious food. And if you want to learn more about where that food comes from, you can. And if you don't, you can just sit there and eat really delicious food. <laughs> so it's really what you want to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the main goal is to, like, you know, to connect everyone. 
Yeah. Um, you know, I source the majority of my food from the regional market. Okay. Um, and I uh, put it in front of people, and the chefs make some really great things. Hmm. Uh, and then we have farmers and the local purveyors sitting in the audience to to talk to you about what goes into it and why they feel that what I do is important, you know, and yeah. I don't put them up to it. I just ask them <laughs> if they want to say a few words and they always seem very thankful. So <laughs> it's always a good feeling. Um, but yeah, I mean, and then I talk, I get to talk about them and we kind of help promote the, the local scene. So, you know, the last one we did, the chef and the cook, we had Ray from high wire honey up there Okay, and, He's a he's a he's a sweet man. I like that. I love that guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, he just sells honey and sells bees, and hmm. uh, but it's really like you start to like learn how much goes into the food system. And now we're starting to work with some people, like the dietitians, and yeah, and uh, you know, so many other people out there that we work with, and you know, the Syracuse salts and the you know the cafe cabals <laughs> uh, and working with those people to, uh, you know, to get them out in the open. And, and I don't know, I don't know what else to say about it, but no, yeah, awesome. I mean, everyone should go really delicious food. <laughs> What's the next one that's coming up? Uh, well, we started a new series, uh, a cooking class yeah. um, that we do uh, once a month. That will be uh, a week from Monday at Kasai Ramen. Okay. Uh, we're going to learn how to make a farm fresh ramen noodle bowl. Mm. Uh, Kyle's excited about it. I'm excited about it. So yeah. that should be fun. The cooking class is, uh, you know, if you, if you don't buy earlier, you're probably not getting in. Yeah. They, they sell out in usually about three days. I feel like all of them have been selling out. Yeah. I defeat mean, the, the one at defeat, uh, it sold out, I think in like 12 hours. I was wow. Like, I mean, so I mean, I say it's only 12 people, but still to get 12 people to buy something yeah. three months in advance, like it's pretty <laughs> crazy. So, I mean, the fee was in February, I want to say, and we put it out at Thanksgiving and it was, it sold. Well, Mark, thanks so much for taking time to be here today. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Well, there it is. That's episode three in the books with Mark Paulo from Farm to Fork 101. Thanks so much for checking out the Eat Local Central New York podcast. If you don't already, make sure you follow Eat Local Central New York on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find our website at eatlocalcny.com. Don't forget to pick up your Eat Local CNY card. It saves you $5 at over 89 locally owned restaurants all throughout Central New York. So head over to eatlocalcny.com and pick your card up today. That's all I got for you, so we're going to catch you at Episode 4. Thanks so much.